Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Cantor Hilary Chorney. The Torah does not spend a lot of words on love. I'm not talking about love today, but I am interested in the fact that emotion is not really the focal point of Torah and specifically of human relationship in Torah. The Torah doesn't care to tell us very much about how people fall in love. We have a few relationships early on. We don't even have any weddings in Torah. We're not told how people get married or how people are supposed to get married. We're told how people build families. We're even told how to make a writ of divorcement, but we're not told how people come together. But what we do learn all about in the Torah is anger. A lot about anger. Now, I don't know exactly what that says about the human condition. I don't want to say definitively that I experience anger more often than I experience love explicitly on a day in and day out basis. But I think that the colors of anger that exist in Torah both for God and for human beings between human beings are much more interesting and much more nuanced than anything that exists about love, about hatred, about jealousy, about other emotions that live out there in the world. I recently went to see the Pixar movie Elemental with my kids. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie yet. It's really beautifully constructed and beautifully done. And in the course of the movie, we see that one of the characters who is elementally made of fire creates glass structures just by coming into contact with sand. The way that you might see somebody who is creating blown glass picking up sand and creating glass structures out of them. In that way, anger creates, is not just destructive. In that way, stuff that burns hot, this gives us an image of the fiery hot anger that's put out there in the world. When it touches stuff, anger actually is creative. It's not just destructive. And I want us to start from that image. What worlds can be created out of anger And what might God know about that that we don't even quite realize? God doesn't just get angry. God's nose gets angry. I don't know why that is, but if you start to look in the Parsha, uh, chapter 32, verse 13, God is angry again, and somehow it's the nose of God that seems to get angry. Maybe that was an image that resonated Maybe it's like rosy cheeks seem to resonate for us today, but like an angry nose. Vayima em ba midbar. 
And Rashi comes and says, well, Vayina M means it's kind of like Na Venad, like God then had to move around the Israelite people in the desert based on God's anger. Why? God needed to create wanderers and vagabonds because God saw that God was angry, and so God needed to distance the people from God. Let me say that one more time. God was angry, so God pushed the Israelite people away. Sometimes when we're angry, do we push people away? Sure. Sometimes when we're angry, we push people away, and that does terrible things and it destroys relationships. But sometimes when we're angry and we push people away, we do it at least out of a perceived notion that what we're doing is we're protecting people. And we also see that notion in our Parsha as well. So God is setting up at least a couple of constructs here, one of which is that when we are angry, Choosing to make distance between ourselves and the people with whom we are angry is a move, is a choice that we are allowed to make, might be advised to make. It's something that we can do. <coughs> Before we can explore how that shows up in our Parsha, I need you to believe me that anger isn't all bad. I'm trying to set up this idea that anger is not just destructive, and it's not just not destructive. It's also not all bad. The Rechot Sadiqim, which is a source on Musar, on, on living well, and on being mindful about the way that we walk in the world, says, Even though Anger, chaos, is a terrible midah. It's a really bad one. Mikomakom. Anyhow. Every human being has to deal a little bit with that. There are times when every human being necessarily has to wield a little bit of anger in their life. And what are the examples that the Orchot Sadikim uses? They said, because they need to invoke a spirit of respect and awe among their pupils, if they're a teacher. Because they need to create a spirit of respect in their household. Because they need to use it if they are keeping the peace as a leader of a people. And we're going to come back to that idea because one of the angriest people we know in the whole Torah is Moses. Moses is very angry. Often, Moses gets very angry. But Moses is sometimes very helpful and productive and constructive with his anger. And Moses is sometimes very destructive with his anger. One of the most constructive things that people can do with anger 
is to decide that they need to make space between themselves and the people with whom they're angry. And the example I want to lift up from our Parsha are the cities of refuge. What happens in a city of refuge? In a city of refuge, there is a place built, and it is a place that is a destination for somebody who committed manslaughter, who accidentally took another life. And they are now in danger, and the danger that they're in is the result of the anger of the people who were close to the person whose life they took. They're in danger because of someone else's anger. They're in danger because someone else is angry and that anger might lead that person to do something and therefore the people are commanded by Moses who is commanded by God to set up cities where people are put at a distance and they are moved away. That is constructive. They need to be placed at a distance. But notice something really important that's being set up both in the example of God being angry and the people being pushed away and something set up in the example of the cities of refuge as well. Who is sent away? Is it the angry person? No. It's the person who's in danger. It's hard for us to see. In these verses in chapter 35, we read, but if the killer ever goes outside the limits of the city of refuge to which he has fled, and the blood avenger comes upon him outside the limits of his city of refuge, and the blood avenger kills the killer, there's no blood guilt on his account, meaning on the account of the killer. Why? Because it's the responsibility of the person who committed manslaughter to take advantage of this safe haven, to stay away from the anger, to stay away from this burning wrath. It's as if anger is this externalized force that exists in the universe. It's as if anger is this thing, it's an element. It's the reason why it resonated so much for me in this film. It's as if it's something that comes upon us and then we have to wrestle with us, with it, and then push it. But because we can't always remove the anger from us, sometimes we make a distance between ourselves and those other people to keep those people safe. But then again, when you get angry, like when you're that angry person and you push people away, you also lose. You lose people and you lose dreams. Moshe stays on one side of the Jordan and he lost a dream. In Pesachim, in the Talmud, way later, Reish Lakish says, scholar, teaches in his own name, which is rare. He often teaches in the name of his own teacher, Rav. He teaches, if somebody's a Torah scholar and they become angry, their wisdom departs from them. If they're a prophet, their prophecy departs from them. It's like anger takes over because, well, why? 
Why does it depart from them? I want to go out on a limb and say that your wisdom departs from you when you're a teacher because you've pushed away your students. Because your anger is so big that you had to make a distance. And your prophecy departs from you because to whom are you going to prophesy? If you're so angry that you had to make that distance, who are you telling your prophecies to? If you're so angry that you have to make a city of refuge, then you lose that relationship completely. That person is completely cut off from you while they are in that city and far away. They are safe. You are safe, but you're not together. Remember that the same Moses who the Orchot Sadikim is praising as an exemplar that anger is not necessarily a bad quality for us to possess because we have to have anger, wrestle it, and use it and wield it to be strong teachers and strong figures and strong people in our households and to run countries and to run worlds is also the very same figure. Moshe is also the very same figure. Exactly the same figure. Who loses the dream of Israel who loses the promise of taking his people into the promised land because he strikes a rock, which is the very epitome of zero distance, that striking of a rock. What I think we are being taught by this incredible element that exists in the world of anger and by the example of God in this world is that God, going way back to the very beginning of uh, the teaching, going way back to that very first page, God also lost that generation. God caused an entire generation to wander, and God lost that entire generation as well. And God has never again caused an entire generation to wander and to leave God and to lose that entire generation. To create that distance is never again something that God, that we see in the Torah, that we see in a subsequent book of the Torah. God never destroys a world again and makes a promise with a rainbow. But then God causes the people to wander, to keep their distance from God and God's anger. So we are never again at the other end of God's chaos, of God's being mad. But we are also kept at a distance as well. My Torah for you is that I hope for you that you see that anger is something that is going to exist and live and hover in the world all around you. It's going to come upon you, just as it comes upon God, and just as it's come upon great people and little people all through all time. And the choice is yours, whether you feel that the anger is so strong that you push people far, far away from you, or whether you feel that you can 
hold people close in it, so long as you understand what might be there to lose too if you push them away, and also to be prepared for the things that we lose when we know that it helps to keep people safe as well. There are relationships in our life. There are those of us who have relationships that we have been told are precious and sacred, relationships with people who even share familial bonds with us that are supposed to never be broken. But we might need to sometimes make a very concerted distance between ourselves and those people in order for us to keep at least one person in that relationship safe from the anger at play. How and when we make a decision to create that distance. That's our decision to make. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.